Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Christopher Griffiths was playing in bands by the time he was 13. After attending the Berklee College of Music, he moved to Nashville at the age of 22 to begin a career professionally. His latest music finds him in the Americana genre, and his new single, Take On You, is set to release on October 29th. Proceeds from this song will be donated to the L.A. Animal Rescue Center. Christopher is our guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Christopher, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad we could uh, spend a few minutes together and talk about your music and your new music and um, what you got going on in your um, in your current state of your music career, you are in uh, uh, Tennessee, Nashville, right? Yeah, I live a little south of Nashville. I live out in Murfreesboro, which uh, is uh, yeah, it's like it's like diet Nashville, right? Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Um, how, how long has Nashville been home for you? I don't think you grew up there, did you? I did not. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, but I've uh, I grew up all over Michigan, really. But I um, I've been in Nashville like. 17 years. Okay. Yeah, 17 years. Wow. Cool. Most of it as a professional musician from some aspect or another? Oh, I think I sold cars for maybe two weeks when I first moved here. (laughs) But yeah, after that, uh, pretty much I wanted to do something with some honor and principle, so I I became a musician. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've been a sideman for a lot of bands. I'm a producer and songwriter and I think we all are in one aspect or another, but but yeah, that's all I that's how I pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. Well, you kind of have to diversify, especially in today's climate, uh, with every everybody scrambling to try to find something else to do while we're waiting on the opportunity to get back outdoors. Absolutely, it was so heartbreaking seeing so many of my friends who kind of had to uh, give up the ghost mm. because you know tour, touring is their life, touring is everything they do, and. Yeah. To have a whole year just pulled out of under you and really um, not have the support system you need to, to to bear the storm. You know, they had to go back home, and uh, it's been kind of sad, but everything's got a silver lining. There's a lot of people who adjusted and are coming out with new yeah. and interesting yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on here, on this, but I'm glad that you've been able to, to, to uh, sustain it. I, so many listeners don't appreciate how difficult it's been for musicians to find 
uh, a way to hang on to what they love to do. I saw a, uh, a governor of some state or a mayor somewhere saying, well, musicians just need to find other jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that understates, um, he's entitled to his opinion as wrong as it is. I think it really understates how much dedication it really takes to do this on a professional level. Right, right. Because you're talking about an amount of practice per week that would be a job for someone else before you even do your job. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Um, and I'm not trying to make my career over important, but I think they just, they miss the fact that, okay, I'm just going to adjust to be an accountant now. Right. That would be, yeah. for anyone else, that would be insane. If I took an accountant and said, here's the violin, you're a violinist now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would, that would be impossible. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you guys do in the studio or whatever shows up on the stage um, is is kind of the end product of all the effort and hard work that you've put in. And most people, you know, they go to a concert or a festival and they, they get to enjoy all the good music, but they don't they don't go home with you. They don't see what happens at the, you know, the other six and a half days of the week. Well, especially in a lot of the music you cover, you know, you cover a lot of bluegrass artists who have like this very, I, I'm not a good, I'm not disciplined enough to be a bluegrass artist. I like listening to it. Yeah. I, if you pulled me on stage, I think I would just start blushing. <laughs> um, like, their thing is so disciplined, and even their image and the way they sell themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they live bluegrass. Right. I, I just write the rock and roll I write. They live bluegrass. Yeah. I can't imagine going into, like, a, a law firm or a We Sell Gold shop and meet some guy in his, you know, his bolo and his bluegrass outfit, like, hey, here's to sell you an insurance plan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. It doesn't <laughs> translate, does it? <laughs> it? It's a lifestyle. Yeah, for a lot of absolutely. Us. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, it, that kind of gives us a little segue in, in, into your career and your life. I, I read in some of the press notes that uh, you actually were in bands. One of them said the age of nine, the other 13, but whatever. That's, that's a pretty young age to be um, pursuing something that you know that you want to do. Oh, yeah. So... Um, that's funny, that's different things. I think when I was nine, I had a band with my brother, and we would play shows in my house because my mom set up this whole kind of music basement area. Okay. Because her, her theory on it was, if we're loud, she knows where we are. Right. It's, a, it's a quiet kid you got to really worry about. Right, yeah, yeah. So my brother and I had a band, because he's a drummer. He's in everything. He's a Renaissance man, but drummer at the time. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, him and I joined other bands, so at 13, I started getting paid to play. Okay. That's still pretty young. So that's that's kind of... Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Michigan's got this whole bar band culture where, like, the nephew of the uncle who plays in the band goes and sits in with the band and becomes the drummer. Okay. Like, they have a, a journeyman hand-me-down uh-huh. bar band scene. Okay. And uh, it's always really interesting. It's fun. Yeah. What a, lot was... of, a lot of khakis and headset microphones. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. What was the, do you recall the breakout moment for you when it was like, okay, this is me, this is what I'm going to do? Um, well, I think it's, you know, I think it comes in stages, it comes in waves. I heard Jack Nicholson say once, um, he was an actor for three years before he realized he was going to be an actor. And, uh, yeah, I think I was probably at college, I went to a music school, and uh, I think I was there and... I got a call from a friend in Nashville, Natalie Stovall, who's very, very good. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I need a bass player for a month. I'll pay you this much money, come to Nashville, 
And so I got here with nothing to do but play her gig. I had a place to stay, wow. food to eat, money in my pocket. And uh, I started just walking around and playing with people and just sitting in and meeting people and really being part of a community. Uh-huh. And it just occurred to me, like, I don't really want anything else. I just want to do this, and I want to set up whatever I have to set up in my life that will just allow me to do this with every waking minute. And uh, and I always feel like if you dedicate yourself hard like that, money will take care of itself. Mm. Mm. You know, as long as you don't develop some crazy Pokemon gambling addiction, right. the money will come. You just have to do whatever you do the best as hard as you can do it. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of the plan. Or lack thereof. <laughs> and and so I I take it you basically stayed once you once you made that trip. So not quite. I drove back to Michigan and um, tried to work up some more funds to to make the move. Uh-huh. And then uh, you know worked uh, that little tiny scene up there. And then I, I drove back down to Nashville and saved my money. And uh, I think I slept in my car for like two months. Wow. And then I ended up moving into one of those band houses that you see in the movies, like 11 guys living in a three-bedroom house. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's knife, knife sticking out of the wall and whiskey bottles everywhere. Uh-huh, yeah. I think they just burned the place down when we left. I think they really just wow. had an arson. But, uh, um, you know, it just kind of worked out of that. And that was great, too, because working, living with nothing but musicians, there's always gigs. Everyone always needs a bass player. Yeah. A guitar yeah. player. But, uh... Yeah, you know, so then, then I came down for, for Sirius, and uh, I made a run at it, you know, and just started sleeping in my car, and now I own a house, and I did it all with music. Wow, that's really cool. Have you always been uh, fond of the the Americana rock, folk rock kind of scene? I mean, yeah. Isn't, I feel like Americana is a catch-all sure. for those of us who were betrayed by our mainstream genre. Right, 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 with a few exceptions, but yes, right, especially in the roots, folk, country, folk rock, string, kind of, yes, for sure. Right, because you'll see, like, you know, you'll go to Americana Fest or whatever, and Lily Hyatt will be there, and Shovels and Rope will be there, mm-hmm. but then you'll see see guys who, who like, Bush Walker will be there, or... or I play bass for Will Hogue. I don't know if I told you that. Okay, awesome. Um, we're we're strongly rock and roll, and yeah. then the guy after us would be a string band. Yeah, so it'll be Alejandro Escobedo with his big horns on stage. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you gotta love Americana because we're basically just a, a village of misfit toys who really love what we do. Sure, big suit. You know, yeah. No, no one's jumping into Americana trying to break onto MTV or whatever people watch now. <laughs> right, right, yeah. No, I, but it, it it is one of the, uh, at least it was until a lot of this craziness, one of the fastest growing genres of music because I think even the listeners appreciate that the uh, that the mainstream outlets uh, um, are are manipulated, you know, and, and at least in, in the Americana roots, grass, folk rock kind of scene, you can still call your own shots for the most part. Absolutely. I think people... Uh, don't get enough credit for their ears. I think they're ready for a, a non-narrative form of music. And Americana just is so open-armed and fairly anti-competitive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a community mm-hmm. that even really super different acts, you know, will all come together. And uh, I, I think people really dig that. And you can just see it on their faces. Yeah. That yeah. that no one's looking at their cell phones, no one's shouting three birds. People really listen at America. Yeah, shows. yeah, yeah. You're right for sure. 
So you've got a new project, uh, and uh, the single is on its way out in a couple weeks, Take On You. Is that part of a, an album that's on the way as well? Yeah, it's my tribute to AHA. No, I'm just kidding. It's, uh... <laughs> I thought that. I went, when I went to listen to it, I thought, well, is this, is this, a, is this a remake? Or... <laughs> well, it's funny because I, you know, I wrote the song and I recorded it, and um, one day when I was typing it to someone, I, I wrote Take On Me instead of Take On You, and I went, oh, shoot. <laughs> Well, you know what? Right. They'll be okay. Right, 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 right. Well, I was even up. I was even a little further uh, confused is not the right word, but I was listening to some of the tracks from your uh, from your previous record, which was more of a pop feel, and then I thought, well, okay, maybe we are going here with the aha thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I uh, you know I don't have a record label or anything, so I don't have to uh, conform. Speaking of narrated stories, I don't have to. I don't have to curate what I play. I, that when I made that record, I was really into my synths and keyboards, and I was learning how to use recording software. So I, I thought it'd be fun to make something that kind of had a uh, tame and polished sound. Uh-huh. Sort of sound like Squeeze I, a little bit. <laughs> damn, that's a good one. Yeah. Squeeze. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. like an MGMT kind of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought when I when the first couple of notes of. Of uh, I guess it was the first track. Like, oh, this kind of got a squeeze feel to it. So, yeah. I always I always go into things with these like Portis head kind of ambitions, but it comes out of Garage Band the best mode. So it's all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if anything, it's just if anything, it's it's my tribute to Lucky Star by Madonna. Uh, okay. <laughs> but no, so the new one, um, the new one, that song was inspired by my sister who works with the L.A. Animal Rescue. Right, okay. And she had kind of called me and was talking about her job and talking about music, and she's an actress, or an actor, I guess she's an actor. She's uh, she's in those Geico commercials. She's the mom whose ninja son calls her, and she talks about the dad fighting squirrels in the attic. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. My, okay, that's, that's cool. my sister. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so we were just talking about all her volunteer work, and uh, I don't know, I got really inspired by her, so I... I wrote this song, and this next album will be more acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be a lot more uh, introspective. I think. Uh, I I read in some of the notes where some of your uh, uh, influences were were Dylan and Springsteen, and and I uh, I felt that Springsteen um, uh, vibe a little bit in in the Take on You uh, song that you did. Just kind of had that uh, street singer songwriter have a purpose with your words kind of feel to it. So it definitely, um, definitely kind of falls under this Americana umbrella that we're talking about. Oh yeah. Well, Bruce is so good at that. When you get later in his career, mm-hmm. when someone apparently bought him a bunch of Hank Jr. records or Hank Jr. Hank Sr. records. Uh-huh. Um, because you know, you got like born to run and it's just Van Morrison, just 9,000 workers. You can only make out a third of them. Right. You know he's impassioned. You know he's passionate. Right. You're not exactly sure what he's talking about. Right. You know he needs it. And then you get to something like Born in the USA, and he's just, it's just one, and then the space for you to take it in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some downtown, like, you know, he ran, it wasn't there, he works at the and just, but something like, I really did want to just say something that people, and identify with it. Yeah. 
And I think that worked. I hope yeah. it worked. Yeah, sure. No, I, I think it did. Yeah. So that's the, and I, I, I wasn't clear. That's the first single, but are, is there more? Are, are you still putting the rest oh, of it? Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's, so there's a, an album in the works. Yeah, so when this COVID thing happened, uh, everything got canceled. You know, Will Hogue had a new record out. We were going to go tour with some people, and uh, that all got squashed. So I've had nothing to do but sit in my house and write songs. Sweet. Okay. So I have a couple EPs on the way, but uh, this next one's going to be called Lime Lake Road, which is where I grew up. And uh, it's very introspective. It's going to talk a little bit about my um, my father's death. and the uh, There will be a little bit of that good American rock and roll boy getting out of a small town kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But I really... Um, you know, the last record was very much a record to dance to or to party to. Mm-hmm. And with this one, I just want to throw all the way the other direction and just try to be as intimate and raw with the listeners as I can be. And uh, I think it's it's going to work. Yeah. This will definitely be the happiest song on the record. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Will you, um, you mentioned uh, playing with Will, will you be able to uh, do some solo stuff to support the music when, when we can get back out on the road? Is that is that in the works? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been having conversations with other singer-songwriters, and uh, we're trying to come up with unique ways to to do this in a, in a masked world. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so yeah, I'll probably go out and tour a little bit, and I'll play around Nashville. I'll probably do some online shows. I have an idea to tour nothing but breweries because I feel like ah, people cool. who go to unique microbreweries, yeah, um, tend to have really good record collection. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And then they uh, and they also have a little extra money on them to be eating and drinking at those places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they'll buy my album. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call for sure. Do you, will you solo, or will you try to gather a few other musicians to go with you? I'll probably get some friends to go with me. You know, uh, I had um, I can't name names right now, but but I'm producing a couple records too, so maybe it'll end up being a uh, a service to myself to take on someone who I I've actually wrote with and worked with. Oh, okay, uh, sure. And take them out with me. Yeah. Do you have a title? Well, Do you have a title for the record? Have you gotten that far? Yeah. I'm- I'm going to call it Lime Lake Road, and that's the name of the next song that's coming out, too. Okay. And uh, that song is really unhappy. But it's it's about... Um, some, of the, some of that record is about when my father died, he had cancer. And it was brain cancer, so he was not really able to take care of himself. Mm-hmm. But he comes, comes from an older generation that doesn't share their problems with the world. Right. You know? And... Uh, so we had gotten pretty far along uh, at a point, and that really bothered me that I didn't know as his son, and I wasn't really able to step in and give him the care he needed when he couldn't take care of himself. Yeah. So a lot of this record is about some things like that, and I've been trying to just write with purpose, you know, this the Take On You song, that's, that's uh, I have five animals, I've rescued five animals. Mm, uh, cool. My wife says okay. I have three cats with four eyes between all of them. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, trying to purposely say, "Hey, it's good to care. It's good to take care of someone." It's right. Sure. Take someone someone's weight upon yourself. You know, helps you grow. Right. So I'm just with each song. I'm trying to build this uh, 
this music of principle, this music that, that means something, um, which I think falls under the Americana label that we, we sure. talk about things that matter. Yeah, yeah. When you, you mentioned having a lot of time to write, do you just, uh, everybody's songwriting concept is a little different. I, I wonder when, are you writing because you, these are the things that are coming to you and this is what you feel, or are you kind of writing with a theme and a, uh, an album vision in mind when you do that? Um, generally what happens is I force myself to write every day. Even if it's just a pancake commercial or something trivial, mm -hmm. um, even if it's just something to make my nephews laugh, I try to write something every day. But what happens is as I gather them together, certain songs just kind of fall together. And so on the last record, I wrote a lot of things with something like Madonna in mind. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I was listening to a lot of St. Vincent, I don't know, Genesis. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. With that in mind, that record, those songs kind of fell together and became this synth, uh, my friend calls it alt-pop, but mm. this synthy kind of dancey record. Yeah. So these songs all kind of fall together, and it's my John Hyatt whatever thing. So, right. like, these all kind of fall over here, so we're going to put all these songs together. Okay. And I feel like a lot of writers work that way. Um, you know, to sit down and write a concept and then to write 12 songs that match the concept, you know, I'll leave that at six. It seems really hard. Mm -hmm. um, or like the who, like Peter Townsend sitting down and going, okay, here's the 19 tracks to Tommy. I need to tell the story. That seems way more difficult than to just look at my catalog and go, Oh, look, those four songs gotcha. yeah. really are brothers. Yeah. And she put them in the same car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I, I would think the other would be a whole lot more difficult. Um, it seems it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a lot more, uh, a lot more deep thought to, um, with intention. Not not that songwriters don't have intention, but I, I think it almost clamps, or it feels like to me it would clamp a little bit creativity. You know, when you're trying to force it into a particular box. Oh yeah. Well, I you know, sometimes in this creative business, the the best plan is no plan. Because mm -hmm. um, you get to hear what you really think. If right. You don't try to right. curate it, as we said, and and yeah, but sometimes songs go together. I mean, I I'm not knocking the other thing. I I wish I could write Hamilton. That seems amazing. <laughs> Blows me away. But I I just don't think like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, new single uh, "Take on You" is officially out on the 29th. Is that right? Yeah, there'll be a video, too. Okay, cool. And that'll be on all the outlets. How can people get in touch and, and get ready to hear this new music as it starts coming out? Oh, yeah, it'll be on all your streaming out outlets, the Apples and the Spottingfies and the Googles. And the, actually, I don't know if Google's still doing it. I think they got out of business. But Amazon or else you can get it. And, uh, yeah, and then I'll have a record, I don't know, maybe first of the year, maybe around Christmas. Okay. And what is um, your website? Oh, that's a good question. I wish my wife was here. We should ask her. Hey, <laughs> well, I have it. Christopher Griffiths Music is what I have on my dot com. Yeah. 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 Okay. Christopher Griffiths Music dot com. That's what it is. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you can't keep everything, you know. You're going to lose marbles right. somewhere. Right. That's right. Yeah. It just happens. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it, Christopher. Thank you for, um, 
sharing your stories with us and uh, and um, the, all the cool cool tunes you're creating, and certainly wish you the best with it. No problem. You know, I I have a home studio and nothing but time, so I'm sure we'll have other things to talk about. Yeah, awesome, cool. Thank you. All right, no problem. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.